Show. The science of. I remember 20 years ago when McDonald's arrived in South Africa, there was a huge amount of excitement and there were queues of people and everybody went, yay, America's arrived, democracy's arrived. People seemed to, yeah, some people were a bit more excited uh, by the arrival of McDonald's and the release of Nelson Mandela. That changed and the McDonald's growth um, stagnated maybe, um, after a couple of years. There were a 100 stores, McDonald's stores in South Africa. It seemed forever. And then Cyril Ramaphosa, when he was still in business, became the, the master franchisee in South Africa. And that seemed to breathe a new energy into, into McDonald's South Africa. And they've expanded quite dramatically over the last couple of years. Cyril Ramaphosa, of course, can't be uh, involved anymore. But Greg Solomon is the chief executive of McDonald's in South Africa. That, that was the deal. Let's just deal with Cyril quickly. Uh, Mr. Deputy President, um, does he still pick up the phone from time to time and say my Big Mac was cold or is he completely out of it? No, he's completely out. How are you, Bruce? He's completely out of it and focusing on, 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 on where he is now. Okay, I mean, because he was the master franchisee. That was the big deal for South Africa. McDonald's said we need a master franchise arrangement in South Africa. Cyril was going to be the face. They chose the person. How did yeah. that play out in terms of the person who was chosen by McDonald's Corporation could no longer be the face of McDonald's in South Africa? Well, what an inspiration uh, he is, and, and thank goodness we had him for two or three years uh, at our midst. He set our direction, he set our focus, um, and as you said, he 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 breathed some uh, some some real energy into our business, and we're still living that momentum. And he's no longer uh, with us and active in our business, but uh, he's not dead, you know. You sound no, like he's dead. No, certainly Just not. Checking. He's very very alive, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's no longer with McDonald's. But his his legacy lives uh, uh, lives with us all the way. Is Shanduka still invested then? Yes, they are. Okay, so Shanduka then is the, the master franchise right. relationship in South Africa. That's Was I fair when I said McDonald's arrived with the boom and then flattened out and sort of almost flatlined for a long time? Well, if you, if you were in McDonald's last week, you would have thought, wow, you know, the boom uh, last week was greater than the boom 20 years ago. It was unbelievable. We celebrated our 20th birthday celebration. We dropped prices to 1990 for a Big Mac, going back to 1995. What was that price? And, and there was... Well, the price was just under that, so it was more significant on the year. Okay. But the the current oh, price, the you current, know. we didn't drop it to its original price. We dropped it to okay. 1995 of the year. Um, the queues were longer than day one. It was crazy. <laughs> and I was in Blackheath with uh, our franchisee, Regis Cosana. He's still the franchisee of that restaurant. Unbelievable. Was that the first store? Was it Blackheath the, f- the first one and Regis Cosana was the first franchisee? Unbelievable. Franchisee. Inspirationally uh, unbelievable. And him and Bussy, his wife, were there. Uh, and we cut the ribbon together. We bashed down the old McDonald's. We built the new one, right next to uh, the old one with its latest bells and whistles, um, completely modern and contemporary, completely different to the way we built it last year ago, but still serving Big Macs, French fries, and strawberry shakes. Now, uh, is Regis Kulsana super rich as a result of, the, uh, of this deal? Because, I mean, if you are a loyal, long-term franchisee with any franchise network, theoretically, you, you do okay. I don't, I don't think Reg will say uh, he's super rich. There's no doubt about it. But look, we don't put our, our franchisees into business to become poor. Uh, they want to be found financially enriched, and, and certainly we have an obligation to do that. A franchisee in McDonald's can make a payback period between four and six years, so a 20 to 30% return on investment. And uh, I think that's uh, the type of returns we still want to see our franchisees make. And, and do, you, do you have – does Reggie, for example, have more than one franchise? He's got four. 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 And that's part of the, the, the recipe also, I suppose, of successful franchising. And it frustrates people on the outside because they're – 
battle to get into the network. But at the same time, those that are in the network can build up very well, substantial businesses. Unbelievable. I mean, let's let's deviate from Reggie. Let's go to Diru Nathu, our first franchisee in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, unfortunately, no longer Diru passed away a couple of years ago, but he left the business at that point in time for restaurants to his sons, Sanjay and Prakash Nathu. And now they've got 10 restaurants amongst themselves. <laughs> they're huge business people. They, uh, they live the legacy of their father. They live the legacy of their brand. Well, yeah, what's, so, what's so startling about the, the, those sorts of stories is the importance of the franchisee. But a lot of people look at franchising as this recipe to success, and it's a conversation we have often. Like, I'll get myself a McDonald's franchise or a KFC franchise or a Steers franchise, and I'm made for life. And mm. it's like, hold on a second. Um, the really successful franchisees are the people who actually live those franchises. Well, we don't call our franchisees franchisees. We call them owner-operators, and we want them to physically own and operate their facilities. Uh, every single day, uh, Reggie, um, the Nathu brothers, Peter Muyanga, and the rest of the franchisees wake up, and the first thing they think about is their McDonald's restaurants and not, nothing else. And I think that's why they're so successful. I always say there's not one CEO in this business. There are 40 CEOs in this business. So uh, that's, how, that's how many owner-managers you've got, franchisees? Owner-operators. Owner-operators. We've got, yeah, we got just on 40 of them, and... And, uh, and they, they're fantastic partners. So you've 40 owner-operators. That's a small group of people. That's yes. quite easy. I mean, from your perspective also, uh, that's not too many people to have to talk to. And, and, and there's an element of trust, I suspect, in, the, in those quite tight relationships. Yeah, look, for us, we, we don't want to have single restaurant owner-operators. We want to have multiple owner-operators. The average owner-operator in South Africa is just on three restaurants. So for us, you know, there's no, there's no number that we're chasing. You know, it could be uh, three, it could be four, could be could Peter Moyunga has got ten. Um, so um, for us, it's about what's right for what franchisee in what province, in what area. Uh, but holistically, um, two or three, four or five restaurants, it's, uh, that's the type of patch we want our franchisees to have. I mentioned that for a long time you had, you seem to be stuck on 100, uh, yes. 100 restaurants. Uh, and then five years, when did you take over? Uh, five and a half, year. yeah. Five, five and so a half years. Five, five years ago, there's, you, you changed the tone mm. of McDonald's and that there was, you, you started talking about growth. Um, and there was a, almost a lost opportunity. Your rivals were growing, your competitors were growing, McDonald's had not been growing. And that was when this master franchise arrangement came through and it was the injection of capital into the business of McDonald's. You went, and then the last time we spoke, you were probably on about 160. That yes. must be 12, 18 months ago. Yeah. Where are you sitting now? We uh, we on two forty one as of today two forty as of yesterday two thirty eight <laughs> as of Friday they they opening all over the place and I'm saying to my to my guys guys just just get them get them open so we've got another two more restaurants to open this year it'll take us to two forty three but it's not about the number Bruce it's never been about the number um, you talk about a hundred uh, a couple of years ago and it's it's got certainly um, not much to do with me that Greg took over and we accelerated I think we we really took our time in the first ten years to solidify a very strong base. Um, this is a, a hungry supply chain business. Um, it's an important that our unit economics and, and each restaurant makes its own profitability. And I think after 2007, 2008, I just thought we had that launching, took the bit uh, in, our, in our teeth. Uh, we had the right shareholder um, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Um, I always say, in, hopefully in a humble way, not in an arrogant way, not only have we now lived history for 20 years, I think we've uh, created history. 
243 outlets. You say it's not about the numbers, but it is about brands, and there are lots of brands since uh, since then. Burger King has come into South Africa. Lots of razzmatazz, lots of excitement. They're doing their growth strategy. Famous brands is buying anything that isn't nailed down and is now bringing a French bakery chain to South Africa, and they're buying top-end restaurants. The category of quick-service restaurants, fast food, mm-hmm. um, that feels remarkably elastic it seems mm. it feels like a balloon that when you when you fill up a balloon with water if you want to go and throw it at somebody and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger at, at some at some point it's going to pop but the the fast food industry feels like it's expanding dramatically well there's no doubt that this market uh, this uh, this category is not necessarily expanding you want to grow market share you got to steal market share this is highly competitive, but the opportunity doesn't lie within quick service restaurants. It lies beyond. It lies into a much murkier market share, which is which is which cuts across borders. I mean, who would think that uh, espresso cappuccinos, mochaccinos, uh, carrot cake can exist in McDonald's? It's a significant part of our business, this coffee business. Who would think that breakfast is 11% of our total turnover? Um, who would think that 12 months ago we launched? Our own in-house Mac delivery, we've got 74 outlets contributing 3.5% of our total business within 12 months. How do you deliver a burger that is supposed to be consumed within 30 seconds of manufacture? I mean, that, that's my, my, my mm. assumption. I mean, fresher is better in I anything. taught you this, Bruce. It's you 55 did. seconds, not sorry, 30 seconds. Sorry, sorry. I remember you telling me, um, because yes. you took me on a factory tour yeah. probably about three or four years ago. And you, right. you went, we went to the south of Joburg where there's a big meat processing plant next to the Karen beef plant, yeah. and you watch the beef bits going into the machine at the one end. You watch the patties being made, and they come out like casino chips at the other end, frozen and ready to be packaged. And my impression was that if you don't have a McDonald's burger within a couple of minutes of it being prepared, the quality quality does deteriorate quite quickly. Not really. Any food. I mean, any food that we would have, my wife would cook for me any food. If you're going to eat it after a period of time, it's not going to be as great as hot and fresh food. But McDonald's has embarked over the last five years. Maybe this is one of our big uh, levers that, that's created our growth um, to, to really explain to our consumers what's in our food. Um, we're not embarrassed about our food. We, we believe our food is good food, and, and we're changing the term from quick service restaurant to good food served fast. Now, I know that I'm poking my finger possibly, and we could sort of laugh about that, and the great brand comes with connotations. But I, I use the story. If we had to go to a fine uh, white tablecloth restaurant and order a filet, and they delivered the filet uh, steak within within two, three minutes. Would we say it's a real filet? And that authenticity of telling our stories, McDonald's has got such a scientific production system that we can do it. That's, that's why our kitchens cost millions and millions of rands to make a 12-rand cheeseburger. Um, it's just the cons- we just need to tell our stories in an authentic way that we can make great food really quick. What is the setup of a McDonald's store? Five and a half million uh, on average. Five and a half million on average. But, mm. I mean, they're, they're McDonald's stores and they're McDonald's That's right. stores. Um, there's a big rock and roll store on the corner here. It's a yes. big format. There's a big seating area, big outdoor seating mm. area, drive-through. Um, it's a substantial piece of real estate. Mm. That surely would cost a bit more than five and a half million. Five and a half million is, is there's no goodwill in the, in the business. It's your setup cost. Uh, a, a restaurant like Rock and Roll McDonald's Corner, Grayston and Ravonia, uh, Susan won't like me to tell you, but it's worth a lot more than five and a half million and that's when we build revenue and sales and then obviously it has a different value um so that's the busiest mcdonald's in africa isn't it is that the busiest mcdonald's in africa 
No, it's not. Which no, is no. the busiest McDonald's in Africa? The busiest McDonald's in Africa this month, it changes, there's a big competition, is Old Fort McDonald's in, Qua- in KwaZulu-Natal. Old Fort McDonald's yes. in KwaZulu-Natal. Where down. is it? It's, uh, it's on Old Fort Road. I think the name has so recently Durban. changed in Durban, uh, just on the outside of the CBD. Big drive-through McDonald's, and and that's the top the, the the top fifteen McDonald's, the top twenty McDonald's change position all the time. Uh, rock and roll McDonald's is is up there, but we've got uh, a very very strong restaurant in Bloemfontein that's that's up in the top five, and uh, we've got strong restaurants in in one city down in Western Cape. We've got some really really strong restaurants in some remote towns in Polokwane. Um, so these are uh, uh, big restaurants that keep on changing position. Fascinating insights into the way McDonald's is evolving in South Africa. It's the science of McDonald's. My producer wants to know where the first drive through was. We'll ask that question and also find out about the dynamics of the drive through concept in South Africa. Very few people get it right. So how do people prioritize spending? If you're setting up a, a franchise, if you're setting up a restaurant, how do you know when people spend? The breakfast category is big. I mean, you said it is, what, 13, 11%, 11% of, of your business. I would have thought it would be bigger, actually. Bigger, bigger. Mm. Now we're very happy with that with that growth in 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 modern modern countries, Western countries like the US. It, it gets up to seventeen, eighteen percent. Um, in other markets, our best markets is probably eighteen. So for us to to get to the eleven, twelve percent in the very short period of time um, is is good for us, um, and we're very happy with that. Result. What does it tell us about the way in which South Africans who don't have that much disposable income? I mean, mm. there is if you've got a job, you, it's great. But yeah. for the vast majority of South Africans, they don't have the money, the disposable cash, to go and spend it. Like Weekly, never mind monthly. Well, I, I look. E- uh, evening and dinner is the big one. That's the family. That's the family outing, and so your average check is quite large there, and you need to adapt your menu accordingly. Lunchtime is 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 just next to evening, um, and that's more uh, ones and twos uh, business business people, couples type of eating. But breakfast is on the go, and that's the more price sensitive category. Um, people don't want to be paying you know more than fifteen twenty rand for a breakfast. I guess you could eat cornflakes and a cup of coffee for five rand at home. Why should you spend forty bucks on breakfast? So, you make uh, money out of a twenty buck breakfast. We do make money. Otherwise, we, we yeah, wouldn't, no, exactly. we, we wouldn't, like, we wouldn't put it into the business. Yeah. Well, when you serve so many customers and uh, you serve eight million customers a month, it's it's about making sure that uh, um, we get those volumes into our restaurants. It, it brings our unit economics down. It, it it gives us leverage with our supply chain, and uh, and we can run profitable businesses during that day part. Yeah, give me a sense, please, of the state of the category of. I don't know, call it convenience food, mm. um, whether it be restaurants, uh, whether it be chess and yamas, I don't know what it is. I mean, if you're growing at the rate that you're growing in, what, 20 stores a year, yeah. um, the category is growing what? The category is, um, I, I try to find that out, but it's somewhere between four and 500 um, uh, informal eating outs uh, per year. These are franchise sort of outlets? It could be franchise. They could be company-run uh, type outlets, uh, the, the, pizza, the pizza players in the business. So it's highly aggressive, and that's why I said, is the market really really growing? Was it becoming quite murky? Uh, you've got um, chicken players playing in beef. You've got beef players playing in chicken. And, and I guess I'll pause for a second. So I'm delighted to, to say that 30% of our menu is chicken, uh, and we now got a, a really growing fish uh, burger that's that's come onto the menu. We've got veggies in uh, a veggie veggies. Bur- Hold on, veggie this is burger. McDonald's. No, well, McDonald's has got veggies. veggies. Uh, McDonald's has got beef. McDonald's has got everything, Bruce. And uh, and uh, f- from that perspective, it's uh, becoming quite murky. How, how, how seminal in the history of McDonald's was the movie, the famous movie? Um, what was it called? 
I don't want to mention the name uh, of this my movie. My producer, movie. What is the movie? The, bad, the movie that was so rude about McDonald's? What, what movie, Bruce? The movie, that movie. You know the movie. <laughs> I'll Pardon? tell you. Supersize I'll, Me. Yeah, there I'll we go. <laughs> Supersize Me. That was the movie um, where a guy with Nate McDonald's for a month yeah. and felt like he was going to die. Um, that's what will happen if you, if you go and have steak and chips three times a day. And our sales went up. Our sales went up because I think the, 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 the normal modern consumer out there uh, understands what is common sense. To go and eat a McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner 30 days in a row, all extra large, is probably not that great for you, even if I admit it as the CEO of McDonald's. I guess if you ate sushi every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it probably wouldn't be great for you as there well. There are mercury issues and all sorts of other so, things there, yeah. So from, from that perspective, I think uh, the, the, the customer out there realized that uh, this individual was a, was a bit of a crazy guy, and, uh, and they responded accordingly. How important is the drive-thru? Drive-thru is uh, f- nearly 60% of our business. What? Nearly 60% of our business. So it's about 57% of our, our business. Actually, in the world, I would say South Africa is a top five country when it comes down to drive-thru percentage. Uh, we've really managed to solidify that. And that's why I said earlier, um, if we can rack our brains back 20 years ago, um, I we brought drive-through through Blackheath into, so the, into so this the country. Blackheath, the first store was the first drive-through in South Africa. First drive, well, first McDonald's drive-through yeah, in okay. South Africa, and first proper drive-through in South Africa. And now, now drive-through is part of our lives. Um, but, but McDonald's is the benchmark. I'm very, very proud of our drive-through. Um, we spend a lot of time on that, and that's because we take drive-through more seriously than anyone else. Well, if it's going to do generate nearly sixty percent of your revenues, you've got to treat it seriously. It's a crucial, it's a crucial outlet. Well, this is, uh, this is the important thing. So convenience, food, on the go. If you're going to call it a drive-through, then people must drive through it, not a park-through. In the wild, you might as well be in park uh, and, and come into our restaurant. So we, we want to keep that name uh, loud and proud. How worried are you about Starbucks coming, uh, coming in? Taste Holdings bringing in Starbucks from next year. It's an exciting concept. I've got mixed feelings about uh, the size of market mm. for a Starbucks specialist coffee outlet. You say coffee, a big part of your sales. I, I love when big brands uh, come into South Africa because uh, it uh, it resets the race, it resets the benchmark uh, of uh, where big brands should be. So I wish them all the best and, and, and all the luck. Uh, for us, we see a great opportunity, and it just ratifies to us one more time that our McCafe strategy is right. And when a big coffee player like Starbucks looks at this country and we've made uh, uh, millions of rands investments in our McCafe brand, it says we got this right. Uh, we know where this, this, this consumer is going and I think we, uh, we're five years ahead of them. So um, we're very comfortable with uh, whatever they bring, we'll, we'll compete. Why are you not doing a, a, a pan-African land grab? The 243 stores that you've got are South African stores. Mm. Um, uh, do you not see opportunities elsewhere? Well, we're in Egypt, we're in Morocco, we're in South Africa, and as we've been speaking, uh, our focus is very much on South Africa right now. We want to make sure that we leverage this market. We don't want to take our foot off uh, the, the ball when it comes to that. However, Africa is a very interesting market, just like everyone else. I, I say, are are you first? And if you're not first, you better be best. So we've got a BDR on Africa. It's not about if, it's about when, um, and, uh, and, and, and we, we're doing our homework at this point in time. Uh, and, and when we look at McDonald's, I mean, you, you're now penetrating small town South Africa or medium sized town South Africa. What's warm bars? Bella Bella. Um, mm. Medium sized town South Africa. Um, you must be uh, like the arrival of Boswell Wilkie Circus. You'll remember Boswell <laughs> Wilkie Circus arriving in town uh, 30 years ago. Wasn't it cool? um, 
it's a bit like that, I suppose. It's that same sense of excitement. Well, two days ago, we opened in Queenstown uh, in, the, in the Eastern Cape. And uh, the, the, the pictures that, they, that my team are sending me there, it's absolutely crazy. I spoke to uh, one of the franchisees down there. He said, Greg, this is, this is crazy. The lines are going on and on. I can't get the lines down. So Queenstown's erupted with the McDonald's brand. And it, it just brings joy that we can reinvent ourselves every time. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. You don't need to come into the country for one year to create long lines. You can be like McDonald's for 20 years and still have long lines. <laughs> oh, I think that was a jibe. Um, there we go. Greg Solomon, Chief Executive of McDonald's, South Africa.